Wow. Welcome back, everyone. Or I guess I should say welcome back to Learn Night Radio. Because it's been a hot minute since 2022, and we are now a month in, basically. And we are here with the first podcast of the season. So, season three, I'm your host, Sarah Thistle, and um, welcome to Learn Night Radio if you're new. If not, welcome back. I know it's been a hot minute, so I apologize, um, but neither here nor there, uh, we're kind of going to do a look back on 2022 before we really start diving into newer episodes. So, and again, I know it's been a month, but still got a lot to unpack from 2022, so we're going to do that very shortly. Um, But before we even get into that, I do kind of want to set the stage and just provide a reminder about the content that LearnRight University does have for clinicians and clinicians being physical therapists, athletic trainers, whether you're in the industrial setting or you're in a totally different setting, athletics, clinic, you know, whatever that is, these content pieces, this content that we have is for you guys um, and available um, to submit for the BOC, which I know we all athletic trainers have to submit our CEUs by the end of 2023, so hopefully we haven't all procrastinated, but I certainly have. Um, But anyway, we do have, I believe, over 20 credits available of continuing education. It is BOC approved. We are an approved provider, Um, and it's kind of specific to the industrial setting, so it's great if you're already in the industrial setting and you just you know, you want to cover some topics that are a little bit more specific to that setting and it addresses the nuance that is in the industrial setting. But if you're new, it's also a great way to kind of see what those differences are, what those nuances are, and get a little bit more familiar with the setting. Um, Because, you know, at the end of the day, we are athletic trainers and physical therapists and we're here to help people, but the, the setting really kind of changes our approach to that and so it's really helpful to go through the con ed with that nuance in mind but that is available on learnrightuniversity.com and then there's free handouts Um, you know you've got the podcast linked there so there's stuff there um, and you know there's more stuff to come so go check it out if you haven't Uh, you can also follow us on all of our social media they are all at Learn Right You. So hopefully you guys find that. Follow us. But let's let's get actually into the bulk of the talk. Uh, and I really wanted to just look back at 2022, like I said, and highlight some of the more major points, even though really every chat that I was able to have with a clinician or with a healthcare provider was really hopefully it was insightful for me but hopefully it was for you all as well Um, we had plenty of athletic trainers physical therapists on but we also had a registered dietitian come and talk with us Um, we had even an industrial athlete which was a pretty cool perspective to have so that was one of the later ones so if you haven't already listened to it it's really cool his name is Paul um, and I actually work with him so if you haven't check that out but Looking back, one of our first or earlier episodes in season two was with Jamie Block, um, and this one was kind of getting into 
her experience. And a lot of the episodes in 2022 were about just that. Um, you know, the industrial setting isn't really the first place that people go to right out of college, understandably so. It's a very much an emerging setting. Um, but, you know, that can be kind of scary if that's your first setting and you didn't have a ton of experience in school. Um, and, you know, it can be equally as unnerving if you did have experience, you know, first job feels. But Jamie really got into her experience. And one of the biggest takeaways was... Um, you know, the idea that, you know, listen first, observe, and truly learn about the job, about the person before you start offering any kind of coaching. Um, And, you know, we kind of think this might be common sense, but, um, you know, the person that you're observing and talking to, whatever that job task is that they're doing, they're probably the expert in it. Just like we're the expert of our field or you know, quote-unquote expert, you know, trying to keep up with research and whatnot, but they know what they're doing. They've done rep after rep of that task. Um, You know, they know their job station. They know that setup like the back of their hand. And so for us to come in and quickly offer advice, um, typically it's not the best approach. Um, at least in my experience, you know, if you're trying to make that connection with them and build that rapport and relationship, um, you know, you want to listen first. So that was a really big takeaway from Jamie's earlier podcast. And again, it might be common sense, but it's just a really good one to remember, especially because when you're first in the industrial setting or whatever facility you're at, it can be kind of overwhelming. You know, we're in a very different place. We don't have uh, we're not on courts, we're not on fields, we're, you know, we're not used to the normal or whatever our student experience was like. So to kind of come in there and really just humble yourself and listen to what the people in that facility are saying, um, you know, it puts you far ahead as a clinician and it really builds that relationship with them. Then we carried on. We talked with Justin Zimmerman, and uh, and Jamie's an athletic trainer. Justin Zimmerman is as well. And one of the big takeaways with his thing, because we had discussed strength and the topic of strength within the industrial setting. Um, And one of the bigger things that he mentioned was his goal as an industrial clinician is to educate and equip the people in the facility to take their health into their own hands. And, um, you know, he really hit the nail on the head there because we want, we want people to, you know, come to us if they need us and come to us for guidance and, you know, to, to learn more about what's going on with their bodies. But we never want someone to rely on us to hold their hand every single step of the day or, you know, step of the way every single day. Um, and that's kind of one of the bigger differences too, is if you're in that traditional, athletic setting, for example, you're probably seeing your athlete every single day or athletes, I should say, you're not just seeing one. Um, but you know, you're, you've got your team that's coming in every single day to prep for practice, prep for games, uh, you know, post treatment type stuff. So you've got a very set idea of what you're going to go do every single day. And in the industrial setting, it's really not like that. Uh, you might see someone multiple times in a week, but you're not having an appointment with them or you're not having scheduled time with them every single day to go through something or go through the same thing because 
you know, business never really stops. Uh, and one of our goals is to kind of fit into that piece and fit into that production flow and, you know, that business that's really going to go whether we're there or not. So if we can fit in better, the better that'll be. Um, but really, we want people to be confident in themselves, be confident in their ability to manage something and to not necessarily, I don't want to say freak out, but for lack of a better term, we don't want someone to freak out just because they're having some mild discomfort um, that maybe they've never had before or maybe they had it a long time ago and they associate it with something far worse than what's going on. So we want to be able to educate them. We want to be able to give them the tools and of course, refer to us if they need to, but be able to take that and their own health into their hands. So I thought that was a really great point. Um, and I know um, there, there are many clinicians who maybe don't think that way or maybe have, a, have the idea that, you know, you want to see them a lot. It's consistent. Um, but in the industrial setting where, you know, time is of the essence and time is money, uh, we want to be able to keep them doing their job as best as they can regardless of if we're there or not. So if we can make that impact, we've done our job. Then we carried on and uh, I had an awesome conversation with Tori Mayer and Ann Miners and both are athletic trainers. Um, and we kind of just discussed activity as a whole. And it was really centered around our yoga for low back pain course at the time. But um, you know, some of the takeaways were simply just encouraging activity and getting people to, you know, partake in it, pick something that they like to do and enjoy doing it. You know, movement doesn't always need to be something that is marked with sets and reps. Um, you know, just getting people to be active, I think is a struggle in itself. And, uh, we can, I don't have a statistic on me, but, you know, we could pull up, um, you know, major health organizations and their pages, and we can see that the statistic, the number of people uh, across different age ranges are really not exercising or meeting the minimum amount of movement per week. So just getting people to move is a huge way for us to make an impact on someone. So if, if that's what we need to do and kind of give people the permission to you know, try yoga, try lifting, try that Zuma class that their friend does. You know, that stuff really, really makes a difference as well. Um, so that was a great talk. Um, and of course, I don't do yoga, so I'm joking the whole time because I'm pretty bad at it. <laughs> but it's a, it's a great form of movement and some people really like it. And, um, you know, different people like different types of activities for their pain and if that can be one of the tools that we utilize for somebody even better then we had Zach Dunbar on and Zach is a traditional settings athletics athletic trainer and I believe he's working at Nazareth University um, in New York so I think he's still around here but we had to talk about well, he had some questions about the industrial setting, um, and we kind of just talked about the two, and we almost mirrored them and looked at, you know, what are some of the similarities, what are some of the differences, 
Um, and at one point in the conversation, I had asked him about, you know, what's his favorite injury to work with? And um, he brought up this great point. He said that the ankle, if I, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, the ankle was his favorite because it's just a, to him, it's very easy. It's very, you know, he's seen so many of them. He's worked with so many of them that he's very comfortable working with them. Um, but a point he brought up was he, he tries to not become mundane, he said. And uh, the point with that was he wanted to be able to put himself in that person's or in that athlete's shoes because what they're experiencing and thinking of their injury is different from what he as an athletic trainer is thinking because that might be their first ankle sprain ever. And that's probably, that's nowhere even close to Zach's first athlete or uh, ankle sprain ever. So um, I really liked that point because even though he's talking about his athletes, um, and, you know, a sports setting, that is absolutely something that perfectly carries over into the industrial setting. Um, you know, with, with the industrial setting, a lot of the reason that people experience discomfort is overexertion or repetition mechanisms. Um, so if you're having someone doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're probably seeing very similar injuries or aches and pains over and over. So you have, well, back is one of the most common ones, probably no surprise. Um, you know, you've got low back, you've got the hands, wrists, you've got shoulder. And so you're probably going to see a similar presentation every single day in a different person. But it's really up to us to remember that that doesn't matter and that we should utilize that experience to make our next appointment, our next interaction with a new, uh, a new associate or industrial worker to make that interaction better because they're, they're not, uh, you know, they're not patient zero, but they should be treated as such. You know, we never want someone to feel like, their injury is just like everyone else's and, uh, you know, that their injury doesn't matter because, you know, everyone gets that way. Everyone has low back pain, you know, but even though we have all those quote unquote reps dealing with those things, we need to be able to make that industrial athlete feel like it's important regardless of however many fellow industrial athletes have that. So I thought that was a really good point from Zach. Um, and something that I think can be pretty easy for industrial clinicians to forget about because the environment can be such a hustle and bustle, you know, go, go, go environment. And you, you know, you want to be able to help people and you want to be able to help as many people as you can. And there is a time constraint sometimes, you know, you don't want to take them off the line for too long. You don't want to be disruptive to whatever job tasks they're doing. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're a person and they can utilize our help and our knowledge just as much, if not more, than a traditional athletic setting. And the only reason I say that is just because a lot of athletes already kind of have the experience of being an athlete. Um, but if you go into a work setting, there's probably a pretty large population of people who have never played a sport or didn't have a lot of sports where, or sports experience where, you know, they were getting hurt and they learned how to manage their pain. So 
that's the only reason I say it might be more important. But at the end of the day, we're helping people regardless of the setting. So that actually wraps up um, most of the main points that I wanted to take away or at least touch on before we really dive into this year and this season. Um, but there are a couple of wrap-up points that aren't necessarily related to those specific podcasts that I do want to make. Uh, and even before I get into that, just a reminder, I suppose, of the goal of Learn Right University, because hopefully in some way or another, even just reviewing these topics or going through season two episodes, uh, hopefully Learn Right is providing a platform and providing context about the industrial setting that is helpful to any clinician. Um, you know, the goal is really for, you know, a brand new, just out of high, or just out of high school, just out of college or um, just out of an athletic setting going into the industrial setting. You know, we want them to be able to listen to this and have a better idea and have, uh, you know, feel more comfortable even considering the industrial setting. Um, kind of to speak to my own experience before I had started and I work with work, right? Uh, I've been with Workright for over three years as an industrial clinician. Even before Workright, I had been, I had spent some time at the D1 level. I had then worked in high school level. Um, you know, a lot of my college experience was with a Division three level and a lot of different teams. So I had all of this athletics experience. And when Workright popped up, and at the time I was living in Bay Area, California, I had no idea what it meant to work in the industrial setting. It was just so bizarre to me. I couldn't picture in any scenario how my athletic training skills and experience would have been utilized. Um, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I think a lot of people can kind of relate. And I know that schools today are incorporating it a lot more, or at least speaking to it a little bit more. Uh, you know, there's great Facebook groups you can join. I think the the one I always see is Industrial ATs of America. I might be I might be misremembering that, but there's there's resources there and there's places to turn to. So I had no idea, and again, I think many others probably have no idea. So that's really the goal of Learn Right University is to get people interested in the setting, have people have a better understanding of the setting, and hopefully. Um, try it out at one point or another, whether that is, you know, you want a job with Workright or you, you know, you go to a different industry or a different company, you know, whatever that next step is. But if you don't have context, it's kind of hard to make the jump. So hopefully that's what LearnRight University is providing to those. And then to those who are new or to those who are pretty seasoned in the industrial setting, um, you know, if you work on site alone, it's pretty easy to only know what you know. Um, and a same experience with me, you know, I have, well, not hundreds, I have about a hundred fellow clinicians within Workrate, but we all work at very different sites and our facilities don't run the same. There's different expectations. There's different, you know, specific rules that we need to follow. So it's really nice to then hear how that looks for them or, you know, what their typical day is compared to yours and, um, you know, what do they incorporate for projects and initiatives and, you know, is that something that we can take because, you know, one is good but 
the, the more people you can collaborate with and pick their brains on uh, typically is, uh, you know, pretty, pretty exciting and a really great opportunity if you have it. So, um, but the follow up and the, the last thing I want to kind of end with for part, well, this is really season three, episode one, not part one, um, is this idea and this big challenge that I don't think we typically acknowledge, but it's absolutely there. And that's, um, that's your ability to communicate what you know to someone in the industrial setting. Uh, and maybe this is something that we talk about later on because none of these topics are things that you can just, you know, have a one and done episode on. But the idea here that you need to be able to not only communicate what's going on with that person, but hopefully diffuse the situation. Um, you know, if we're there to hopefully keep people feeling confident in their ability to handle pain, manage pain, we want to be able to maybe reduce imaging or frequency of pursuing imaging, especially because we know a lot of times it's far overutilized. Um, you know, there's not to say they're unnecessary, but visits to urgent care or, you know, emergency rooms where that wasn't quite warranted. And I think if they had just been explained or uh, their pain was talked through with some type of clinician that maybe that could have been stopped. Um, and so maybe I'll just kind of leave this podcast episode with this thought and, um, you know, there's no perfect way to do this. So I challenge you all to kind of think through how you do this, um, is how do you diffuse those situations? So if you have someone that comes to you with low back pain and, you know, their fellow worker to their right starts talking about herniated discs and, you know, kind of plant this idea and not, you know, in a, not in a mean way where they're, you know, trying to cause any trouble or any feeling of distraught, but they're, uh, they're speaking on their own experience or what they've seen their friends go through. And so they say, Hey, you've got, you probably got a herniated disc. You should go get that checked out. Um, and then, uh, and then that person the one with the low back pain starts to think that they need to do that and that those are the only steps they can take. So in a situation like this where, you know, they are probably going through some mild or moderate discomfort, but in their mind, the only next step is to get imaging. Um, you know, how do you handle that situation? How do you, how do you talk through options? Um, and you know, the, the statistics around it, you know, how do you handle helping that person so that they don't have to drop everything they're doing to go get imaging that may or may not confirm um, an idea that really probably wasn't the case anyway, because we know that on a side note, herniated discs or, um, you know, spinal deformities are extremely common in asymptomatic and symptomatic people. So, you know, if, if we know that context, how do we kind of put that on the table without making that industrial worker um, feel like they're not being heard. So not really going to dive into that, but I, I do challenge you guys to kind of think through that or similar situations where, you know, we, we can really help guide that person to next steps in managing their pain or discomfort. So, but we will kind of wrap that up for this episode. 
I am really excited to get back into this with you guys. I hope that those who have listened so far find these valuable because, um, again, that's the goal of these podcasts are to be informally helpful <laughs> and formal chit-chats. But uh, looking forward, we probably are going to have a really awesome lineup just kind of setting through more of the logistics. But um, if you guys ever have any questions about the industrial setting or Learn Right University, um, you can always drop them in the messages on, you know, Instagram or you could even go to our website and leave them in the question boxes or reach out to me, um, Sarah, S-A-R-A dot Thistle at workrightnw.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well if that was not helpful at all to spell out my email. But hope you guys have a great one. Really excited for 2023 and we will see you guys next time.